you can turn your Bibles this morning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And um, we have been talking about reaching. Our mission of our church is to reach, raise, and release. And um, I will tell you today that if you do not reach people, the church dies. Amen? If we don't evangelize, the church dies. And if we don't reach out, um, nobody will ever hear the message. If we don't share the gospel, then people will continue in their ways of darkness and despair. And the only thing that keeps this ship moving for all of eternity is our willingness to get outside of our comfort zone like we did this morning and open our mouths and be a hand extended in the earth. So this verse really began to stir in me as I was praying about what to share, and we're doing this in youth too, talking about what it means to be children of light. And I came across this passage of scripture, and I want to read it real quick and, and get into this this morning. It says, but concerning the times, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 1, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. How many of you guys have noticed that life can sometimes be like that? Everything can feel so right. So good, you're in, in the zone, you're clicking, and then it's almost like the next breath, things change, right? And that's the frailty of this world, that's the frailty of this life, but there's a promise that we have, and if you could hear me this morning, our life in Christ is not about a destination, it's a journey, okay? And, and why I say that is it, it's careful, because we are about the destination, which is eternity, but so many people are looking for a, a temporary destination here on earth, like this epiphany or this, this zen of, sorry, I'm using weird, you know, worldly words, but it's true. Like we're looking for this moment that just everything will feel so right. Am I not correct? Like we'll have just enough money, just the right house, just the right car, just the right family, just my kids will finally listen. My kids will finally do what they say. My, my covers will be full. My hair will be perfect. My clothing will be nice and right. Isn't that Okay, maybe just me. Anyways, moving right along. It says, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should not overtake you as a thief. We should not be surprised when the Lord returns. Amen? It should not take us by surprise. Yes, they've been saying that the Lord is coming for thousands of years, and you know what? It is true. He could show up. In the next five minutes, he could interrupt my message, and it is time to go. Amen? I don't know about you guys, but I am believing for those moments. I tell the teenagers, I hate death. I, I'm, I'm going to be transparent. I fear dying. I am believing by faith that if the Lord does not return, then I will just fall asleep one night and wake up in heaven. That is me. Like, I, I just, that's my, I just, that's me. I don't want to be in pain. I don't think anybody does, but I'm just speaking it out. Amen. So come, Lord, come. Amen. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that day should not overtake you as a thief. You are all, read it with me, sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Who here enjoys driving? Amen. How many of you guys are like me and don't judge me? 
Do not think anything differently of me. I had some friends in first service. Who has ever been out driving in a full moon? Anybody? Okay, a couple of you. How many of you have ever wanted to turn off your headlights while driving because you feel like it's so bright and you just want to drive by the moonlight? Any friends? Raise your hands. Thank you. See, first service thought I was crazy. I got a lot of friends in here. Okay, I'm going to take it a step further. How many of you have ever been out driving and it's absolutely pitch black? You're on that, on that, on that road and you're just like, how dark is it? And you want to, you turn off your headlights just so you can see, like, could I still see or is it really that dark outside? Any friends? Holy cow, I got a lot of you. Oh my goodness. See, pastor thought I was crazy in first service. This is awesome. So let me, let me, let me shift gears here for a moment. Okay, I will never do that with your kids in the car, okay? I know I'm the youth pastor. I do not, only when I'm by myself, I don't even deal with my kids in the car, okay? But I, I use that, that illustration for a moment because the Bible says that we are to watch and be sober and be aware of the day that we live in, okay? So I got a newer car, and how many of you guys have noticed, like, the new cars, you don't even have to turn the headlights on. Like, they're just always on. So it is actually impossible for me to turn off all the lights on the front of my car to experience the solitude of absolute darkness. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what, like, I turn on my truck, and these little yellow lights, man, they are super bright. I'm like, man, I could drive by these yellow lights. And I began to think about it as I was reading this verse. And I began to wonder, are we in a world today that because of some of these things, we are absolutely unaware of how dark our world really is. See, my car doesn't allow me to turn off all the lights for safety reasons, right? Like they're trying to tell us like, you know, obviously 30 years ago when we didn't turn on our headlights, you know, it was so dangerous and, you know, everybody was dying. And so now headlights are on and nobody's getting in a car crash. And um, fear, fear, fear. So anyways... You begin to think about these little things, and he says to watch and be sober and be aware of the day. And I wonder, as believers today, and this is going to be a little challenging. I'm just going to warn you. I'm trying to, to sugarcoat this as much as possible, okay? But when it comes to evangelism, it is never comfortable because humanity loves what's fun and rejects responsibility, Right? Like, look at your children. Look at you as a kid. Like, how many of you guys, like, when your parents said, I need you to go take out the trash. Um, I need you to go take out the trash. If you don't go take out the trash, right? Like, so it begins to build, right? But if you started it with, Jake, we're going to go do this. So can you please take out the trash before we go? Bam. Right? Because there's a reward for the duty. And uh, I begin to think about why evangelism is so hard to swallow sometimes is because we want all the good stuff from God. And we'll leave it there. You guys can fill in the blank. So this morning I want to talk to you about moving from fear to faith. You know, and when you think about the little exercise I had you guys do this morning, there were some of you that didn't move. 
And it's, I'm not doing this to beat you up. I'm just doing it to illustrate a point. Some of you were really reluctant to move. And some of you moved, and the whole time you were sweating, you were shaking, and you were wondering what Pastor Sean was setting you up to do. Because so much of our lives today is controlled by the voice of fear instead of the voice of faith. Amen? We're conditioned by the things of this world to, to be bound by fear. So that's why we got to have all these things. You know, I, I do struggle with some things in my car, and I'm not going to get into that. But it's amazing. Cars are safer now than they've ever been. Like, I have like 17 airbags just in the driver's seat. And a seatbelt. It's like, why do I even need a seatbelt? I'm driving in a giant bubble. Right? Like, I remember as a kid, like, I have pictures with my dad and my mom, and I'm sitting in this thing. It's like a, a, it's a hard plastic, like, little, I don't even know. It looks like a scooper for, like, pasta. And with a little, like, metal leg under it. And that is what I sat in in the car. And I am still here today. Amen? It was a what? A baby launcher. Yeah, they would push it down, and it would fling me out. You know, the Bible says that in Mark chapter 6 and verse number 12, it says, so they went out and preached that people should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So what keeps us from fulfilling this in our lives today? The commission is still the commission. The duty is still the duty. But you don't hear a lot of people saying, man, you should have seen this demon I cast out today. You should have seen this person that God healed through me today. Man, we had this encounter where, where man, you should have seen this. It was crazy, man. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you should see what God did. But what we do have a lot of today is, man, I got to just stressed. I'm, I'm busy. I got this. I got this. <laughs> and Becca, she nailed it in worship. Like we're, we're so consumed with all this stuff we're carrying about life. And I began to think about we're so caught up in the things about this life that we're absolutely completely unaware of how dark our world is all around us. Amen. So let me submit this to you today. Would you risk your life so others could survive. Oh, you guys are so nice. It's easy to say yes. Kyle, stand up. Please. He's my, he's my sermon illustration today. Come, come right up here. Handsome dude. And um, he got a little bothered with me first service, so hopefully he's got over it. Second service. So people are watching you on live stream. Say hi to some, the people. Hi. Amen. I got to bring you up here so they can see you, okay? No, not that. You're too tall. So <laughs> I love this guy. He is like, he seriously is like one of the kids. Like he just, you know, after church, he's like, what's for lunch? It's, you know, what's for dinner? It's, you know, he's legitimately one of the kids. And I love this guy. And, um, and then I began to think about this statement. Would you risk your life so that others could live? And it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I'd totally die for Kyle. But when the reality comes, there's a lot more that I have to process than just dying for Kyle. I got to process, I got a family. That if, if I die, stand in the way of 
whatever's coming, if I take a bullet for Kyle, who's going to take care of my family? <laughs> but it's easy. It's really easy to say, oh, yeah, I'll die. But when the, when the opportunity presents itself, I think our humanity, these guys are out of control. We have kind of a funny joke. All right, just let them be. Don't worry about the guys in the sound booth. When, when the opportunity actually comes, I think there's so much more that we process in that than just saying, oh, yeah, I'll die for Kyle. Just like many of you, there was a lot of things that you processed just walking into the safest room you'll ever be in to reach out and grab somebody you don't know and just introduce yourself. Think about how hard that was for some of you this morning. And yet, how dark is our world and desperate and in need of somebody that is willing to risk their life so that others could survive? You can sit down for a minute. I'll bring you back in a minute. I got to hurry. See, the military gives medals to those that sacrifice their lives so that others could live. Think about it. They volunteer to sacrifice for people that they'll never meet. There are young men and women that die every day. For our freedom. Some of you in this room that you, you sacrifice so much to protect the freedom of what we call America. And yet in our culture today, it sure seems that we give bonuses to people that sacrifice others so that we can gain. Look at how our culture is so backwards today. They call it a dog-eat-dog -dog world. We're willing to sacrifice whoever it takes to gain acceptance, notoriety, the next promotion, next thing, and not considering the damage that's done in the wake. But I think Jesus came and flipped the tables on all of that and gave us a great pattern that we could follow because he didn't come and sacrifice with a gun or a sword or physicality. He came and sacrificed with love, with just a hand that reached out to humanity and showed them love when many others passed by them. And this morning, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse number four, says, he who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. Now, I am not a farmer. I, we kill stuff. We, we try to plant things and they just die. So we're buying fake stuff. Um, any friends? <laughs> I'm thinking, why don't we just have fake green plants? Like, I don't have to water them. They're always green, Right? And they look pretty, right? Um, but how many of you guys know there's never a convenient time to be used by God? Have you ever noticed that? Like God doesn't go, you know what? I'm going to give you one day a week to just go do what I need you to do. Wouldn't that be nice? If God called and said, hey, Joe, I know you own your business. You've got a wife and a lot on your plate. You're building a helicopter for VBS. Incredible, by the way. I know you got a lot going on. So you know what I'm going to do, Joe? 
I'm going to just give you a free day to just go be used by me. Wouldn't that be awesome if God would just call all the responsibilities in our life to a halt so we could be used by him? But how many of you know that does not happen? Life does not go on hold so we can be used by God. And I love what Jesus said that we need to consider the soil that we are. He said to the disciples, he said, Now, he who received seed among you, the thorns, is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Can I ask you guys a quick question? What does it mean to be fruitful in your life? Like, how would you just define fruit? Productive. Okay. I'm productive. I get up every morning and I turn on the lights. I employ PG&E. I'm being, right? Like, I flush the toilet, EID, workers need to keep the water flowing. I cook eggs, put it in a tortilla with some fresh cheese shredded. I've employed the egg farmer, the tortilla maker, and the cheese guy. I'm being productive. What else does it mean to be fruitful? Okay, results. Um, I got a roof over the head of my family. I got clothes on their back. They eat too many meals a day. It's good. I'm, I'm result driven. I got results. Got, some, got a few dollars in the bank. Anybody else? Becca? Snap, mic drop. Anybody else? One more. I'm looking. There's a certain pastor who's the only one that can't answer this question. That's, that's super close. What does it mean to be fruitful for God? In what way? Thank you. Winning souls for the kingdom of God. And, and the only reason, I'm not taking away from any of the answers, but I'm, I, I did that because I think that's a lot of our thought processes. We go, I am productive. I am fruitful. I am doing these things, but we're not connecting it back to what it really means to be fruitful for God. Amen? Like I'm being, I'm being fruitful. I'm producing. I'm providing. I'm, I'm doing these things, but am I producing kingdom fruit or am I producing earthly fruit? That's challenging, isn't it? I don't know about you. I get challenged by this stuff, but evangelism is the byproduct of touching the needs of people to open their hearts to receive his truth. Our job is to connect people to Jesus. And every single one of you is in a different arena to do that. You guys are all in an amazing place to be used by God. We just got to recognize what God wants to do through us and not be controlled by fear, but be controlled by faith. Amen? I think about these two stories in Mark chapter 5. I'm not going to read them for time's sake. But you think about as they were walking, the first one in Mark chapter 5, 1 through 10, talks about the man that was possessed by the demon. Everybody knew about this guy. Everybody talked about him. They pushed him out of the city. Like just medicate him and give him a place to go be. Just get him out of here. The next one, Mark chapter 5, I think it's like the next one, I think it's, there we go, 25 through 34. The woman with the issue of blood. 
Bible says that she had this issue for over 12 years. Nobody could help her. No answers. And I began to think about how many people in my life needed what I have to give, but because I'm not aware of the darkness that's around me, and I'm consumed with the cares of this world, and the pursuit, maybe not, we got to be careful with the deceitfulness of riches because there's, it's, it's not, anyways, we got, it, there's a fine line because God wants to use you to, he's, he needs us, we got to provide, we got to do things, but we got to be careful that it doesn't pull us away from the fruit that he really wants us to produce for the kingdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm trying to be careful because I know that that's a touchy thing that people get weird on. But the cares of this world begin to choke out the word of God. The word of God is what produces life in us. Amen? And the cares of this world, what it does is it just begins to pull you away from the duty and the responsibility that we have as believers. Amen? We have to be careful that we don't allow the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of reaching for what this world is constantly shoving down our throat. Think about it. How many of you guys watch the news? I quit, wa- I quit watching it. Like, I can't even turn it on. I found that if there was something catastrophic or emergency, uh, an emergency that I needed to know about, I find that I hear about it right away. Like, I don't need to... And, I turn on the news and I'm like, this is fear. This is just chaos. This is the voice of the enemy trying to just get me worried and and wrapped up in these things. I am a man of faith. I do not need to be bound by the spirit of this world. I have Christ living inside of me. I have the hope of his glory. I know what my future holds. I do not need to worry about the cares of this world. But what keeps us from stopping and being an answer to the need in people's lives? Why did this man possessed by a demon not get help? Why did this woman not receive her healing? Yes, we can connect it because Jesus had to come and show us what he could do. Absolutely. But now Jesus has been here and left, and that's our duty. And I would ask you the question today. How many people are we passing by every day that need what you have to offer? But because fear controls you, you won't reach out and even introduce yourself to them. You know, this last two weeks, we've been having the internship going on, and we got all these amazing young people coming and giving up their summer two days a week from 1030 to 4, and then Tuesday nights they stay and serve God, and it has been disgustingly hot outside. But on Tuesdays, we've been going out and just trying to just reach our hand out. So the first Tuesday, we went over to the Safeway and Save Mart parking lot. And um, we just stood by the doors. And as people would come out, the young guys would just, and I think a couple of girls went, would just offer to help people push their cart to their car and unload their groceries. And they got rejected like nobody's business. And at first I was kind of like, man, people, what is wrong? But then it just kept getting more and more and more and more. And I began to think about that verse. Aware of the time and the seasons that we live in. See, everybody thinks 
that we're out to get something from them today. See, I'll, I'll, I'll serve you, but let me ask you or offer you or take you or, right? Because that was their response is the guys would go, can we help you push your groceries to the car and load them up for you? I mean, young guys, it's not like we were, you know, people you need to be afraid of. Like these are innocent teenagers. They looked handsome. They were clean cut. They had nice white t-shirts on. And, and these people were saying, what do you want from me? I don't want to buy anything. We're like, we didn't ask you to buy anything and we didn't ask anything from you. But our world today is so conditioned that when somebody comes and just reaches out in love to just serve and give, they don't even know how to take it. I was just absolutely in awe at the end of the day. I said, God, I need to turn my headlights off for a minute and recognize how dark our world really is. And then this last Tuesday, we went to go just pick up trash on the streets, just love our city. And it was hot, nasty. And I was so proud of these kids. They were like, yeah, let's go do it. I'm like, man, you guys are savage. I'm like, I'm going to buy them some popsicles so they can eat a popsicle and pick up trash and feel good. And then I'm like, no, we're, let's buy popsicles for whoever we come across. And so we got the cooler bag and couple bags of popsicles and we just started walking down Main Street just offering people free popsicles and it was crazy because as the people were walking they were on such a mission down Main Street like just head down not looking at anybody and we'd be like hey we're giving out free popsicles can we give you one and they'd be like you're doing what like yeah we just want to bless you we got ice cold popsicles it's hot out we just want to show you some love today what do you want? We're like, nothing. We just want to bless you with a popsicle. For real? Yeah, for real. I would love a popsicle. So we started handing out popsicles. People are like, why are you doing this? Because we love you. Just want you to enjoy a nice cold popsicle. And then we'd walk away. God bless. But it was amazing how resistant people were to just a simple act of kindness in our world today. And it began to convict me like never before. And I began to think about the charge that Jesus gave to us to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And there's some of you in this room, you'd say, man, I, I don't have what it takes to preach. I don't have what it takes to do that. Good for you, Pastor Sean. Can I tell you that that was the most uncomfortable thing I had to do on Tuesday? It is not naturally in me to jump over the chairs and introduce myself to somebody. But I've gotten to the point in my life that I realized that if I don't, somebody is going to probably end up in hell because I didn't do what God called me to do. And I've had to get to the point where I trust God enough that he would never put me in a place of risking my life to help save somebody else that I'm going to die. But I think sometimes we feel that way. Like if I reach my hand out, I could die today. And it's like, no, you're not going to die. There's not bullets flying everywhere. You just have to be willing to humble yourself and say, can I introduce you to a man that's changed my life? 
The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, in verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. I think too many times the reason why we can't act by faith is because we aren't asking God for the boldness to speak. We're agreeing with fear more than we're ever combating fear with faith. Amen? And as a Bible-believing church, we are full gospel. We are spirit-filled. I want to show you something this morning that I believe is the reason why maybe many times we pass by the very places that God would maybe want us to stop and reach out. As I close today, I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 16. See, in our lives every day, God will put people in our path that need an answer that can only come from Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but there's times in my life where the only way I'm getting my breakthrough and the only way I'm getting my answer is from Jesus. Amen? And this morning, will you have the faith to be used by God to be the messenger? You know, the Bible says that in John 16 and verse 13, it says, however, when he, Jesus is talking to his disciples, after I go, how will you know what to do? And he begins to speak about the Holy Spirit. He says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe that, that, that God gave us a secret weapon. He gave us a, a sniper, so to say. He gave us that walkie talkie How many of you guys have ever been to that place where the security has that like hidden little, that little earpiece thing? right? And it's got like a little almost invisible wire and you almost don't even see it. And they got that little voice and they can just communicate with one another and you never even know communication is happening. Right? And, and that's what God gave us in the Holy Spirit. He gave us the walkie-talkie guy. Okay? He gave us the voice of truth. The Bible says that once the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Think about this for a moment. The Holy Spirit is the conduit that God uses to speak his direction into our life. How do you know where to go? How do you know who to reach your hand out to? It says that he will tell you things to come. I love this other translation in verse 13. It says, but when the friend comes, the spirit of the truth he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but he will make sense out of what is about to happen and indeed out of all that I have done and said. Now, the only way I can illustrate overcoming fear and walking by faith is to show you this illustration on how the Holy Spirit works in our life is he comes into our life through the Father and comes into the inside of us, so to say. Comes alive in us and begins to speak to us and direct us. 
How many of you guys have heard that some people call it a voice, some people call it a, an unction, some people call it a, a stirring, they call it a, you just, they're just, I don't, it's supernatural. I don't even know how to describe it in human words because it's supernatural. But you just, you sense like this, this voice. I don't, I, I can't say it's in my mind, but it, it just, you just know God is speaking to you. You're just like, this is God. Tell me to do something because I would not do this on my own. And what he does is the Bible says that he comes and he takes us by the hands. Close your eyes. And this is where it gets scary. Because we think that the Holy Spirit is going to take us places that could cause us pain. That could cause us hurt. We think God is going to put us in situations that are going to be dangerous, that are going to hurt us. Why would God do this to me? No, the Holy Spirit comes, guides us in all truth, teaches us, shows us. He's not the Holy Spirit that just takes us and lets us randomly walk all over the place and leads us into, oh, sorry, Dolores. I wasn't paying attention. The Holy Spirit wasn't guiding me, right? Like, that's how we think it, it works. We think that, that God's just like, whatever happens, happens. No, God has a divine plan for each one of our lives. And he uses his Holy Spirit to lead and guide us where we need to go. Why are you so resistant to this service, dude? You're like, my arm is about to break. His, he's like clenched. But what he does is he brings us in the path that God has for our life, right? He takes us through the places that God has for us. And if we would trust him, He'll keep us from danger. He'll lead us to the place that he has for us. And he'll take us to the people that God has in store for our lives. And this is how he does it. He just says, Kyle, I want you to just pick up your right foot over here to the right. Just There you go. Step up a little higher. There you go. Step now. Step up. Perfect. Good. Good, Kyle. Now, Kyle, what I want you to do is take another step. Just trust me. And another step. And another step. Okay. I want, whoa, 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 whoa. Careful, careful. I want you to reach your, well, I didn't say take another step. Reach your left hand down. Grab that hand right there. And now pull her up. Okay. Now, Kyle, come back this way. And she's going to follow you. One more step right there. Okay. Now your left foot down all the way to the ground. Perfect. Boom. Right foot down. Boom. And now she's just going to follow us. Here's how the Holy Spirit works. Is he begins to lead us in the path that he has for our life. And he begins to connect us with the people that God wants us to use and touch, and bring along in this journey with us. And then what happens is, as we begin to walk and trust by faith, then the Holy Spirit begins to work through us in a greater degree. Right? And then what happens is he just begins to add to the chain. And he begins to fill his house with the people. Will you take your left hand and grab Tony? Thank you. And then Tony's just going to come with us. And the next thing you know, you begin to bring people along in this journey called faith and Tony will you take your left hand and reach over and grab Becca Boom. and so many times we think the Holy Spirit is going to lead us into these weird places take us to uncomfortable spots but if we just keep our eyes closed look Kyle hasn't opened his eyes he trusts me for some weird reason he trusts me but we're just walking he's just following and then the next thing you know Becca, will you grab Jennifer right there, please? As we've walked through life, come on, Jennifer. 
Jennifer, will you grab Josh right here on the front row when you walk by? Look at one act of obedience. You guys can stop. One act of obedience by Kyle, allowing the Holy Spirit to navigate his life, lead him over obstacles, lead him through situations that are uncomfortable, where he has to totally trust. Look at the impact that in two minutes, Kyle has had on the people in this room. And I want to ask you today, how many times has the Holy Spirit asked you to stop and reach your hand out and grab somebody? But because we're so busy about the cares of this world and the desire for the things of this world, that we put the Holy Spirit on hold and there's people that go years without an answer. Because we wouldn't trust the Holy Spirit. Will you guys all sit on the front row, except for Kyle? Now, here's the even better part. Is not only does God connect us to people, but he also puts gifts and talents on the inside of us. So now, not only is Kyle called to bring people along with him, but then the Holy Spirit says, Kyle, not only do I want you to reach the people around you, but I want you to just keep stepping and now take your right foot up. There you go, down. Left foot up. There we go. And I'm just going to take you right here because I put on the inside of you the gift of worship. Turn, turn. I want you to open your eyes and I want you to see that piano in front of you. And I want you to begin to play and bring the presence of the Lord. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Would you play? Every single one of you in this room has people you're connected to. And greater than that is not only the people you're connected to, but there's gifts on the inside of you that the Holy Spirit wants to draw out of you. But it takes you getting to that place where you say, you know what? I am not going to allow fear to keep me from being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because I am aware of how dark my world is. And I've found the more that I just close my eyes and trust. They were singing a song on Tuesday night after church and then we did an internship and it's an older song and it's all, it's all gonna be okay and he's starts raspy singing and deep and but that's just the the verbiage of the song it's like it's all gonna be okay I wish I could sing but I think the more I close my eyes and just trust that God knows what he's doing and I just allow my life to be a vessel the more my life is taken care of and the greater the impact we have for the kingdom of God. Can I encourage you this morning? Nothing can ever compare to the joy and the fulfillment that you will have in life than when you experience seeing people come to the Lord Jesus Christ 
and encounter a heavenly father that changes their life. And you begin to see them connect with the Holy Spirit. And you see them begin to be used by God to do what God purposed in their heart from the day that they were formed in their mother's womb. And I'm going to encourage you today that the more I've allowed the Holy Spirit to lead me through this thing called life, can I tell you that most of my cares, I'm human, I go through it just like every single one of you. But it always seems to work out better for me when I let the Holy Spirit lead me than when I resist the Holy Spirit and God's plan and try to make it all work on my own. So what's keeping you from being a child of light in a world that seems so dark today? Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Would the band come back, please, now that Kyle's up here? Please. We're going to close. It's time. Today, what's your story? You know, I love when Jesus touched people. When they got the answer that they'd been longing for for years. His charge was to go and tell what good things the Lord has done for you. I see a room full of people that God's done good things for. Yeah, we've all been through bad things too. But what good does bad dwelling on bad produce? But when you dwell on the good and you tell others of the good, it begins to transform our lives and their lives together. So this morning, what's your story? Are you willing to tell it with boldness? Are you willing to let the Holy Spirit be your tour guide and lead you to the people that he desires to reach? Maybe you're in this room today. You say, Pastor Sean, I... I don't know what God has for my life. My life seems like a mess. It's just a giant car accident. It's just things are not going my way. I run into things. I Such a powerful illustration. But today, you're ready to let him take you by the hands and lead you in this thing called life. If that's you, you say, Pastor Sean, I, I'm ready for Jesus to lead me. I'm ready for Jesus to take me by the hands. I'm ready for his Holy Spirit to be my guide. And I'm ready to surrender my life to him. If that's you today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to do that first. If that's you in this room, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me today. I'm ready for Jesus to be my Savior.